I'm Kate Daniels. Cancer exists all around us. It's become too big a presence in our lives. So we have an opportunity this morning to consider a couple of things. One is prevention, lifestyle choices, and the other is to develop a greater understanding and compassion for the people, all the various people in different roles going through this particular life health challenge. Cancer Pathways is such an important resource in our community, making a huge difference in the lives of those facing cancer, offering support and education in an incredible number of ways. And we get to look more closely at this with Anna Gottlieb and Elizabeth Clymer. It is so wonderful to welcome these wonderful women with us this morning from Cancer Pathways. Anna Gottlieb, the Executive Director, and Elizabeth Clymer, Program Manager. And there is just always so much exciting stuff going on, events and programs. And really, program is what we're here to discuss this morning. So welcome both Anna and Elizabeth. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. So Cancer Pathways, Anna, let's take a look at this and just give a an overview. I know we've touched on this before, but it never hurts, I think, to revisit and, you know, underscore what Cancer Pathways is, who Cancer Pathways is, and what is going on in our community. Okay, I'd be happy to. We have been Cancer Pathways now for two years, formerly known as Gilda's Club, which we were for... Um, 16 years. So we've been doing this for a lot of years. We have the same mission. We just have new programs and new expanded programs. So we still do support groups. We still do educational lectures. We still do classes. We have four summer camps for anybody touched by cancer, children from 5 to 12. We have them all over the area. We've expanded our camps, and we're a cancer support organization. So we try to focus on everybody, men, women, and children, any cancer, any stage of a diagnosis. So the camps are really for kids who have cancer or have a parent or a sibling or grandparent with cancer. And basically the idea is they get together. It's a week-long camp. And in the mornings we do some therapeutic work, talk about cancer, what it is, questions that they have that they can't ask at home, and then we have a fun time in the afternoon. So there's a real bonding, and for most of these kids, they've been very isolated and have never talked about cancer in the family, so it's really a wonderful freeing week, and the parents tell us it really opens up a dialogue. Then we have a program called Cancer Happens, which is a high school education program, and it's really a prevention program and a risk reduction. We go into the high school classes, health education classes, and we talk about, we wrote our own curriculum, we talk about ways kids can really think about cancer in a different way and about prevention, because this is the age we really want to get to kids. We talk about lung cancer, skin cancer, the HPV virus, and other cancers that really affect teenagers that age and hope that they pay attention, can change some of their behaviors, can add some of their behaviors. And in the past 13 years, we have seen 80,000 teenagers in 101 different high schools. So we know the program really works. And the teenagers tell us that 93% of them will change one or more behavior after they hear us. So we're really proud of that program. We're really expanding it. And I personally believe that's what prevention really is, to get to 
kids young enough where they can make informed, educated decisions. Then we have our teen writing contest called Cancer Unwrapped, where we collect essays about cancer from teenagers. And we've now amassed over 3,000 essays. And about three weeks ago, we just opened up the teen writing contest to everybody in the country. So every state can apply, kids from every state can apply. And so far in just three weeks, we've already got essays from 20 different states. So we're really excited about giving teenagers a voice. They need to be heard. And these essays are very real and very raw. And all of our winning essays are on our website. They're just very eye-opening to read. Then we have a program we just did this year with migrant farm workers in the Tri-Cities. And it was a cancer education and health seminar for migrant farm workers. And we were in Tri-Cities. It was a wonderful experience. We had Spanish translators and really talked to a lot of the farm workers about things that they're concerned about, like skin cancer and pesticides and resources and where they can go. And that's a brand new program for us that we're going to be continuing. And then we're focusing on cancer in the workplace because over the past 16 years, people have come to us with just all sorts of stories about trying to go to work after a cancer diagnosis, whether it be during treatment, trying to re-enter the workforce, and how hard that can be, and how they really have nobody to talk to. And I think that's what we're talking about today. Although, as we get to that, and I think of this, the programs you've mentioned, Anna, the overview you've given us, you've touched on so many key areas. There's so much education going on and so many new programs that it's so exciting that uh, it's, in fact, it feels overwhelming, but in a very positive way. It's overwhelming to us as well, but we feel really passionate about what we're doing and there's so much work to be done, and we're really trying to make an impact outside of Seattle, in Seattle, and really reach more people with cancer. And we know that it exists everywhere. All of us, you know, don't have to look quite far, very far to see or feel the effect of cancer touching us in our own lives. And so here, yes, very important to look at what goes on in the workplace. And Elizabeth, uh, you're working on this new program. This is your baby, so to speak, right? And so there are, um, you have statistics. Kind of give us an overview of what's going on in the workplace. Sure thing. So cancer in the workplace is such a critical business issue, whether you have managers, whether you have um, employees as patients, caregivers, cancer will inevitably come on, knocking on every workplace's door. Um, just to start with an overview of the high incidence of cancer, one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer, and even more so, one in two men will be diagnosed with cancer throughout their lifetime. Those stats are inescapable. It's going to come knocking at every workplace's door. And 85% of employers do not have the tools to support employees affected by cancer. Um, with 80% of cancer survivors that were working before treatment return to work, um, and 50% of adult cancer survivors are younger than 65. You know, cancer does not discriminate in terms of age, and it affects everyone. 
And also, again, I really want to emphasize our um, efforts to for programs to help caregivers in the workplace, too. Unfortunately, we know parents with four-year-olds in the hospital going into the EOR every week. Um, and we really just want to be there to support everyone because... Uh, quite simply, cancer sucks. <laughs> and we want to help everyone navigate a really tough situation just a little bit easier. So from the productivity and business side, cancer it takes away people from the workplace 151 days is the average length of absence for cancer patients. Um, $7.5 billion is lost in productivity every year due to cancer-related disabilities. And also, again, kind of alluding back to that caregiver point, 60% of caregivers work. That's a lot of people. Every cancer patient has at least one primary caregiver and usually a team of six to eight caregivers that are dedicated to helping them through their cancer journey. So it's a lot of people being affected directly and indirectly. Furthermore, um, $38.5 billion is lost in productivity to those caregiving employees. Overall, um, by 2022, there will be 18 million cancer survivors in the U.S., and with um, a new 160 Americans being diagnosed with cancer every hour, the stats are growing. Now, the good news, bad news, however you want to look at it, is that cancer is, thanks to modern medicine, a lot of people are now surviving cancer. And a lot of people are now living with it, almost to the point that some people are considering cancer a chronic disease. So people are living with it, surviving it, and working through it all and returning to work as well. So workplaces it's imperative for workplaces to develop these programs as a tool let us help you to help navigate these issues that you will only be increasingly so facing throughout the next several years and that's what's so phenomenal then that cancer pathways looks at this bigger picture right anna and right elizabeth to see what is needed in the community and that's what you're responding with now this new program that's available to companies that's exactly correct we've learned over our 16 years that this is an issue it's really an unmet need and it has impact on all of us so it's something we really want to focus on and bring light bring attention to it so isn't this incredible? You know, perhaps uh, employers didn't even realize that they had this question, but all of a sudden you're presenting, well, not all of a sudden, there's work that's gone into this, but here they have the opportunity to actively participate and get information and find direction and the support. That's the big thing, because with all the statistical numbers that Elizabeth has shared with us, you know, it's talking about the productivity, the work hours, and of course, dollars, all of that is so critical. So here we are going to find a solution or a pathway to a, a solution, right? Perfectly said. So Elizabeth, we have then uh, a seminar workshop, actually, not a seminar, a workshop is coming up. Do you want to tell us about that? Absolutely. So we're thrilled to be launching our new When Cancer Comes to Work program at our upcoming seminar workshop on October 18th. Um, thanks to some generous sponsors, this event will be at the 4th and Madison Conference Center in downtown Seattle. And this will really address best practices to help employers effectively navigate cancer in the workplace um, in terms of the financial reality, but also that employer-employed uh, relationship. 
And this seminar is for HR professionals, healthcare professionals, any employer, any manager. Um, it's so important for everyone to understand the complexity of these issues that arise when cancer does come to work. And so that is why we are bringing in a panel of experts to cover all different issues um, that cancer affects and from legal panels and case reviews um, to we're thrilled to have our keynote, Dr. Karen Cerulea from Fred Hutch. She's director of the survivorship program there to really address the biobehavioral aspects of um, the benefits of working through cancer as well as the realities and challenges that need to be addressed as well. Um, additionally, we are thrilled and really grateful to have um, some clinical staffers we have um, a longtime clinical oncology nurse coming in to speak about patient advocacy and how patients can better um, communicate with their uh, clinical staff and employers to make it a smoother path for everyone. And I don't know if you've uh, picked up on a common theme I've now said several times is communication. That is such a vital component to navigating cancer, period but especially in the workplace. And nobody knows what to say when, about cancer. Nobody knows. They feel like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't say something. People don't know what to say, don't know how to approach it. And communication surrounding every aspect is so crucial that we are put on workshops to address what to say to cancer survivors, what not to say to cancer survivors, how to handle that, how to handle commu cancer communication for coworkers, how to handle cancer communication for managers, for every position. Communication is something we can't stress enough. So to help facilitate that communication, we also have um, caregiving and surviving survivors panels coming in who both share their stories of working through their experience with cancer, be it a survivor or a caregiver themselves. So we are so excited. We have a jam-packed agenda. Um, registration is filling up really quickly, so we encourage anyone interested to come because we are so excited to launch this program and really to help so many people, employers and employees, um, address these challenges proactively for when they do inevitably come knocking on the door. And so to that point about registering, I think it's very simple to do, but give us the details if you would. Absolutely. So go to our homepage at cancerpathways.org, and we'll have a link for our When Cancer Comes to Work seminar. We have it on our front slider. You just click on that and follow um, one more click to the seminar, to the registration page. So It's easy and free thanks to generous sponsors, and we're um, just so excited to share our mission and help so many more people this way. You just said a magic word, I think, that such an incredibly important fundamental workshop is available free. Yes, we're really grateful um, to both industry partners as well as local partners, including Interior Architects and Heinz Property Management. That is really so terrific. And as you were saying, Elizabeth, the communication is so key. And I feel that it's not that people don't want to, it's that feeling of, what to say and then we defer to just not saying anything and then it just snowballs into feeling like such a negative situation that's not what we're wanting but it evolves so here's a chance to really turn that all around you could not have just phrased it any better and I know Anna's been in the cancer business a lot longer than I have and uh, she has some incredible stories completely anecdotal about real things people have said um, in the workplace and also just in life so uh, I don't know if Anna would like to share some of those anecdotes. 
Do right. you, Anna? Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, we've had members come to us for years and, and trying to negotiate the workplace when it's been so hard and it's exactly what you said. When you don't know what to say, you tend not to say anything, and that really hinders communication. We had a woman who was an attorney, worked in a law firm, and she went back to work after her chemotherapy, and she had lost all her hair but didn't really want to wear a wig, so she went to work, and absolutely nobody would look at her and talk to her because they were afraid. And so she came back to a situation where everybody just closed their doors didn't know how to talk to her, and she always says she doesn't know what the big deal was because all the men were bald anyways. <laughs> so they could have had a much better conversation, but she ended up leaving that law firm because of that and went to work someplace else. We have other people who say they went back to work, and one woman said her desk was moved, and she asked her boss why, and he said, well, you're in chemotherapy. We don't want you vomiting in the office. So some things are almost unbelievable. Unfortunately, they've all happened. And I think it's so important for us to hear that because, you know, we've all been there. And when you come back to work after cancer treatment, you're not fine. Everything is not all better. And cancer has a lot of lingering issues to it. And we have to be very aware of that. One woman came back and everybody said, oh, how was your vacation? As if there was, they really didn't know what else to say to her, or people who came back to work and people assume you're fine because you're back at work. But the reason to go back to work is for many reasons financial, health insurance, you want to get back to your life. And even too many people come back too early because of those reasons. And it's really hard to try to manage the workplace when you're not quite up to par, but you need to work. And that's something everybody needs to be aware of. Oh, yes. I, just that specifically thinking of someone uh, not feeling at all well, but needing to be there for perhaps most of not all of the reasons you mentioned, Anna. And if if the co-workers had a better understanding and could just work as a team I think they would feel so much better about giving, but yes. the person who's uh, dealing with the illness, it, you know, would feel so supported that would help in their healing as well, I think. And I think we all want to help. We're just not sure how to help. Yes. And that's what we talk about, and that's what the survivors talk about on the panel. The best things people did to help me, the worst things people didn't do. And so it's so important to hear it from somebody who actually went back to work and had those experiences. And and they want to talk about it. They want to help people navigate their way through. Oh, you know, it just really kind of digs down into the heart, the, the pain that goes on, and it's so unnecessary. Absolutely. And we want to do better. I think all of us want to do better. There isn't one of us who has said something we regretted. We feel very inept of how we talk to people. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I think if you can go into a workplace as a cancer navigator and talk to the workplace before somebody comes back to work, it's almost like rehearsing and role-playing, and people feel so much more comfortable. That is a great phrase, cancer navigator. Yes, and we'd like to offer that to all companies because 
you know, we have HR, and we always tell people HR is your best friend, but HR is limited in what they can and can't say, and managers don't feel comfortable, employees don't. And we really play the role in the middle where we're, we're looking for the win-win for every side. And so we want people to be able to be more communicative, feel more comfortable in what they're saying. And so this has so many various prongs to it, all the information that you, Anna, and Elizabeth are sharing with us. Yes, there is this incredible uh, workshop seminar that's coming up uh, later this month of October, but they're also, uh, you're available as uh, as a consultant, I guess you could say, uh, really directing people to ways that they can learn, and you have your own staff that can go out and do this education, Anna, right? We do. We have a lot of social workers and health educators, and we have gone into the workplace before, and it's been very beneficial for everybody because it it just kind of breaks down the barrier and opens it up for people to talk about it openly. Just so phenomenal. And I think that uh, no doubt... Elizabeth, I know you work with the high school program and you've been doing classes with the students. Does some of that come through from them that they also encounter that from from friends and uh, maybe other family members about not being able to really communicate about what's going on in their own life or perhaps with their their parent or a sibling is afflicted? Absolutely. I mean, teenagers are kind of known for some difficulties with communicating across generations and even amongst themselves. But remove the age factor there and just the cancer factor alone makes communication so much more blurry, so much more difficult, hard to know what's good, what's bad. And in every classroom, you go into any classroom across the country and ask kids to raise their hands if they've been affected by cancer, whether they know someone or they've had it themselves. And 90% of those hands will go up um, in every classroom. It doesn't matter where you are, what their backgrounds are, anything. Cancer affects everyone. And if communication is such a barrier, it affects everyone, but hardly anyone knows how to communicate. It's really tough. It just makes a tough situation even tougher. And um, we are just thrilled to be able to help facilitate those conversations or at least open the doors for those conversations to start, which help everyone feel better because the psychosocial support aspect of any serious or chronic illness is immensely beneficial to improving those health outcomes. And we really, um, as a society, I think, really need to focus more or at least value um, more on more input on that psychosocial support and the basis of any support is communication and so that's great it's starting at this young age the camps with the younger kids give them the opportunity the high school students so all of this wonderful base is being set for communication as they mature into adulthood but Right now, for us who have not had that benefit of all that good communication and the information so that that we feel more confident about how to to speak to someone in our workplace, here's the opportunity with the upcoming When Cancer Comes to Work seminar and workshop. Sure, absolutely. And to add on to that, this new When Cancer Comes to Work program we're launching 
we have it's very multifaceted. We offer brown bag lunch lectures to offices, whether it's communi- on communication tips or whether it's on legal implications, psychosocial support, or anything else. Um, we offer that. Like um, Anna mentioned earlier, we have our cancer workplace health navigators. Those are a huge part to success and effective navigation of cancer in the workplace. We're neutral third parties. We have licensed professionals um, conducting those mediations and arbitrating between the employer and employee to really find a win-win for everyone. Um, We do offer an overview presentation, kind of similar to our upcoming seminar, just on the broad array of issues to open the doors for conversation and communication about cancer in the workplace. Um, We're also really excited to be launching this new um, employee evaluation survey to help employers understand how their employees anonymously feel about cancer in their workplace, whether they feel they can talk about it, whether they feel it's a safe environment, whether they feel they have the proper benefits or not. And, you know, we hope the answer is yes and they don't need us. But otherwise, we're there to help, you know, help get those answers where the management wants those answers to be to create and foster a much more supportive work health culture. Um, And then also, like Anna mentioned earlier, we have a number of licensed professionals on staff, um, many of whom have spent several years as licensed clinical oncology social workers, which as big a name as that sounds, they're as big of an asset in navigating cancer and helping one understand um, their diagnosis and their options, as well as see them through to the end and through um, workplace and life reentry as they know it after. So um, we're thrilled that our social workers on staff offer confidential consultations for anyone who needs it. Um, But especially if there are workplace issues, they can address a lot of those as well within the parameters of being a third party, of course. And then we've also been around for almost two decades now and well connected, thanks to Anna and a lot of other great hard work. And we know a lot of people. We have a great network for referrals, very specific to cancer-related resources. So um, we have a network of resources. We want to be a resource for everyone, employers and employees. And I have to say that, you know, we can't help but in listening to both of you, Anna and Elizabeth, share the stories and all the different programs that it's uh, it's overwhelming all that's available, and it is a resource. It's right there for the asking for any of us, and and it is free, just as this upcoming seminar is free when cancer comes to work. And so I, I just want to say that uh, in offering this, yes, it is free, but there, you know, it is important to consider how we might support back. You know, there's always, you know, the charitable aspect of this. The holidays are coming fast upon us. And uh, to consider that this may be, a donation may be, a special gift in, in someone's name that uh, they have more than they need of all that kind of stuff. But this would be so meaningful and touch so many lives. So I, you didn't ask me to say that, but I think I feel very compelled to do so. Thank you very much. Yes, we always say free is very expensive. <laughs> Yes, so consider that, but consider then all that is available that's going to totally enhance our lives. And uh, 
uh, the focus kind of has been spearheaded toward when cancer comes to work. So I just want to underscore that uh, again in the minute or two that we have left, Elizabeth, kind of let people know where to get the information and uh, how important this is. So once again, we'd love to have any employer, manager, HR professional, or healthcare professional join us on October 18th at the 4th and Madison Conference Center in downtown Seattle for our annual When Cancer Comes to Work seminar. Um, This will share best practices for effective navigation of cancer in the workplace. And registration is available, but filling up quickly at cancerpathways.org. Great. So that's an important website to access for all the other programs that we have touched upon. And uh, what we didn't actually say in so many words was volunteering. Do you look for volunteers? We always look for volunteers. (laughs) We need them for every single program I mentioned. We have a wonderful group of volunteers. We could not do all that we do without them. So we're always very grateful to companies, to individuals that find their way here to volunteer. And I bet you have uh, more than a few stories of people uh, expressing how their volunteering has just been such a gift to themselves. That is what we hear all the time, that they get way more out of it than anybody else does. And I think that's true for all of us. It is. Yeah, I have to agree. We think that we're giving, but when we step back, we realize, oh my goodness, what I have received is, you know, bounteous times more than exactly. what I gave for. And that's a great feeling. It, it is. really is a good feeling. That it is. Well, you know, it's always such a good feeling to connect with you, Anna, and to have met Elizabeth today and to just, again, uh, sing the praises and make the information known about Cancer Pathways because uh, it affects all of our lives. And here's a very positive approach on what we can do about it. Well, we certainly appreciate it, Kate, quite a bit. Thank you so much for having us. We're thrilled to be here. Thank you. It's been wonderful.